Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. You feel comfortable. Be as comfortable as you need to be. I want to thank you for taking the time to do this podcast with me. I really do. I met you through Dan Smith mm-hmm. when you were the president of Fox. And um, I liked you from the moment I met you. I mean, because you have a good personality, the way that you're very, I want to say, soft. But you're actually on the hatchet man. Mm-hmm. You came in. <laughs> You, you come in to clean up when things are messy. Yes. You come in and clean. They pay you the big bucks. So tell yeah. me, where were you born? Jesus. Well, born in uh, Toledo. Toledo is uh, the former kind of capital of uh, Castilla, the inception of the Spanish country. Okay. It's a small city close to Madrid. Right. And I born there. And uh, have... I live until I left to the uh, university in Madrid. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have two sisters, older sisters than me. They live in Toledo. How many years older are they than you? Oh, they are six years older than me and two and a half. Two and a half. Are you close with your sisters? Well, very much. We speak every week. Oh, do you really? And we have business together. Because you're their little so brother, many. their only little brother. Yes, I'm the young and the boy. <laughs> I was the kind of the, uh, the weakness of my mother. Right. <laughs> what about your mother and father? How are they doing? Oh, my, my parents are entrepreneurs. My father is now 92, and my mother just passed away this summer. Oh, sorry, yeah. A small accident, but she was in very good shape. Both uh, living, working together all life, and they retire when they, my father turned 80 and my mother mm, 78, and they uh, stopped the business. Mm-hmm. The business that they have it, but they continue with um, yeah, a small hobby, the land they have mm-hmm. in Toledo. But didn't they have, you have vineyards, don't you? Look, we have, my father has always a dream, it's a, like a hunting, and uh, he always wanted to buy a, a piece of land. He bought something, he would like it a lot, and really poor, because Toledo is dry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's really high in the, um, okay, in the plateau, okay. so it's like 700 meters above the sea level, very dry and cold in winter and hot in summer doing crop but was not really making anything so we discussed look why don't we do something really nice here and we start planting trees we started in the mountain it's just kind of a mountain 1000 meters above the sea level and the plateau and we started putting acorn trees and pine trees Mm-hmm. Um, and then after we started with uh, almonds, and my father was saying, oh, no, I was like 82 or 83. So yeah, is my nickname. I am putting this this year with 500 uh, trees. And then next year, pff, well, this year we put 1,000. So now it turned out to having like 9,000 trees. Nine yep. Trees. Um, what they call it is ecologic in Spain, which is organic, mm-hmm. certified mm-hmm. after five years. and. It's something that my brother-in-law, my sisters, and myself were in there, even my daughters. We spend nice time there. Now, what type of trees are these? Almond trees. They're all almond trees. Yeah, with the almond so is he organic. So, is he harvesting the almonds yeah, as yeah. well? Yeah, we harvest the once a year, completely ecological, and we don't water it, nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful land. 
I will show you some videos. You showed me, <laughs> but you showed me the land when you first got it. We talked the one yes, time we talked before, maybe. and you showed me how. Yeah, you showed me the whole layout and everything. It was really nice. It's beautiful. beautiful. Right. So tell me about your childhood when you were growing up. Now, you had two older sisters, yeah. and they protected you against everybody. It <laughs> was a good, a good life living in Toledo, a small city. Everybody okay. were friends yeah. there. Mm -hmm. um, it was like a very good family. Mm -hmm. um, so I studied in a very disciplined school at the time, um, and I had a very beautiful childhood, uh, doing a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, with not a lot of uh, resources at the time, Spain was not developed in this kind of sense. Mm -hmm. Talking about the late uh, 60s and the beginning of the 70s. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Madrid to study. Um, in, in principle, uh, aeronautical engineering. So I spent uh, three years. Was not my thing. <laughs> okay. And then I changed to study, because um, it's very difficult in Spain. Mm -hmm. aeronautical engineering. I couldn't do it. And I, I changed into business administration. Mm -hmm. What did your father do? Did he, did he go to college? My father was not um, really uh, upper graduate. Mm -hmm. they, are, uh, they are sons of the civil war, Spanish okay. civil war. Okay. So they really survived after the war, mm -hmm. starting from zero. They lost everything I see. and started from the scratch. I see, I see. When did English come into your life? Did you English? How, long, how old were you when you started speaking English? Look, um, in spending my school, was only the second second language was French, okay. so I only study French. So you speak French. I speak French. French, Spanish, and Spanish, and English. Uh, English I learned. Um, actually, I started working for for Bandai, a Japanese mm -hmm. company, Bandai Europe, and the headquarters was in France, and we were in Madrid, in Spain, and uh, I started talking in English somehow. So French, and then speaking over the phone. I spent a month in uh, in the UK in summer to learn a little bit, and I learned by listening and practicing. Really? Yeah. But at what age English. were you? Twenty-eight. So you didn't speak English before that. A word. <laughs> Not a word. No. And now I speak badly, but I can communicate. But you could un you could understand some of it. Uh, yeah. At the time, it was even difficult for me to understand people. Difficult. So it was a hard thing. But it's good for your brain. That's right. To listen. Yeah. At 28? Yeah, I started with 28. So it's, never, it's never late. It's <laughs> never, too, never too late, especially if you... Yeah, <laughs> trying to learn Japanese, by the right, way. Right. Are, you, are you learning Japanese as well now? At the same way, in the, the streets. Yeah. Listening to and it. Listening and... Repeating what you hear. Practicing. It's about muscle memory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. And construction. So what were your interests as a kid? What were your interests in sports-wise? What did you like? Sports. At the time, was only football. Okay. But I played handball. Um, and then when I turned, I went to the university, I discovered rugby, which was one of the best things happened in my life. How so? Um, look, it's the most amazing sport I ever done. And all my friends, I spent like 10 years at the university, master's degrees in Madrid. I don't regret one single uh, month of it. And all of my, I've met a lot of people, all my best friends are friends we play rugby together. And we continue meeting every year, or every five years. And it's the same. But you're not that big. I mean, come on, most rugby guys have... Yeah, I was small. <laughs> their necks are as big as our waist. Yeah, I, I was mean, bigger at the time. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I had two hernias on my neck and my back, and I was forced to reduce all my 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 muscles at the time. Because of, from playing rugby? Yeah. yeah. Putting your head up so big What a small guys. accident, yes. Two hernias in your neck and in one your in back. One in my neck and one, one in the one back. One in your back. 
My goodness. The back, I think, was later, but the one in the neck was at the time. So how, when did you play rugby, from when to when? Uh, what ages? 18 years old <laughs> till 25 years old, something like that. So you Very did it, a small segment. So you only did it in, in Spanish and French, because you couldn't speak any English. No. And there there's not too many English people, I mean, Americans that play rugby anyway. Uh, yeah, look, by the way, uh, playing at the, uh, I was playing for my um, um, Colegio Mayor, which is kind of a dorm. The organization in Spain is different than you are used in other countries. And then I played for uh, the um, uh, kind of a national team at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And when the uh, All Blacks came in the tour, I think it was 84, 86, I don't remember which one, okay. I had the luxury to train with them. So they came, the Maoris, they uh, was Fitzpatrick, uh, Zinsenbrook, uh, Melbrook, the brother. And well, we how, how old were you then? How old were you? In your 20s? I was in my in early 20s. Early 20s. And was the, at that time, they were professionals. And, and you trained with them. Guys. I'm saying, I know. Yeah. And you trained with them. What yeah, did you do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah nothing. We, we spent a couple of, uh, couple of mornings when they came to the tour. Because they are very good guys. They want to promote the yeah, rugby. Yeah, of course they did. I really lovely guys. I remember when rugby, rugby was played, just pickup games. People went mm -hmm. around the world just playing. They'd get with a group and play. No money. Because yeah. I remember that in the se late 70s, early 80s, because I used to travel with him just to see him. One of my business partners yes. was a rugby player. Right. And he said, one day they're trying to make this like U.S. football. It's right. bigger. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bigger now. Yes. And I saw it the first time when they had the, the um, rugby games here. Yeah. I loved it. It was just fantastic. It's and amazing. So dynamic. Fair. And yeah, fair, fair too. And no, no nonsense. Just yeah, yeah. everyone gets up. The rules are put by the players on the ground. That's right. Yeah, and very much respect to the referee. That is really. It's completely opposite to football. The way we see it. The way we see it. The way you see. The way most people see it. It's really different. That's something. So that's one sport you really have a strong affection for now. You're not doing. And then golf. I love golf. You golfing now too? Even with the hernia? The hernia is not a problem. I have problem with my hips. I have a big arthrosis. Okay. Uh, because of the sport at the time. So. Right, right. And uh, I have some limitations. But I still play. You I still love play. it. <laughs> you play often? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Okay, so outside of that, then academically, what were you involved in? You said you wanted to get into aeronautics. Yes. So you must have been really fond of math yeah. and sciences. It's very intense math. Okay. <laughs> math and uh, physics. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, design at the time, the first year. But I spent three years, but it's a bit of a frustration because mm -hmm. it's always difficult to say, look, I can not cope with it. But I think I found my way. I How did jumped you find into, your way? Um, into a business administration because my father, uh, my, my family is a businessman, so we always look at the, uh, how to do the economics and everything. And at that time, you, you basically, you don't know what to do with your life. So I started studying this one. My parents always pushing us to study as much as we can. Mm -hmm. And um, I did it very well, very fast, uh, very good grades, because I was coming with a good foundations in mathematics. <laughs> and uh, then I finished, I did a master's degree in um, the Escuela de Organización Industrial, this kind of industrial ministry of Spain, mm -hmm. supported uh, mm -hmm. entity. Very good, uh, very good colleagues. And from there, when you got out of college, what was your first job with Bandai? And then I started working for Bandai. Right out of college? Uh, yes. I do a kind of a part-time, kind of an intern, when mm -hmm. I was doing the uh, master's degrees, degree, and I had a fantastic uh, a boss there, was my master, I always say that. 
and uh, they put me up basically doing the things that nobody wants to do at the beginning. <laughs> My foundation was in finance, but um, I started quickly to do things in marketing because mm -hmm. the, market, the company was a marketing-driven company. I learned a lot. Mm. And having good bosses That's is the best difference. school <laughs> to right. have. How long were you with them? Uh, seven, seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Um, yep. Seven years was my first time coming to Japan. I fell in love with the country. I think it was back in 1993, not speaking English, not speaking Japanese. Were you married then? Uh, no, no, we still. Okay. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. Married in 1993. Yes, I was married just recently. You just got married and you brought your wife here too. No, no, no. I came just, uh, oh, just for a on business, trip. business trips. I started to come here, mm -hmm. spending two, three, four, five days mm -hmm. at the toy fair and business meetings and even some market research and back to uh, back to Spain very much related to the um, to media because we were doing character merchandising and basically most of the marketing is uh, bringing the Japanese anime shows mm -hmm. to put it in the Spanish and Latin American television stations mm -hmm. to promote the toys and selling the toys after okay. that's the model it's a that beautiful model. it's a beautiful model yeah. Yeah. So then from Bandai, what happened? Where did you go from there? With Bandai, I spent seven years. I met very interesting people, learned a lot. Uh, we developed, uh, yeah, distributed Japanese toys, uh, created our own toys ourselves. Uh, between, um, yeah, New York created uh, uh, California and, and China manufacturing. And, um, and of course, Spain and Latin America distribution there. So I learned a lot. I have the luxury to meet and the group of uh, people in uh, Haim Saban and Inon Christ was my my counterpart in uh, Saban Entertainment. Saban Entertainment was the company managing the Power Rangers uh, franchise worldwide. And Bandai was the master toy license. So I met them, somehow we like each other and when Inon and, uh, and Haim started to do the business of uh, Fox Kids, in case. Europe, yes. uh, was an association between uh, News Corporation and Heinz Aban. And uh, they called me and said, look, we want you to do our television channel in Spain. That was Fox. It was Fox Kids. So I started with Fox Kids. No idea of television other than finding the shows. Ooh, when was this? From Bandai, you went to Fox Kids. Fox Kids. Okay. Yeah. And I was all the uh, understanding of the toy industry, uh, all the character, all the series. For me, it was easy to buy the best content, okay. packaging very well in marketing. But what was your position when you came there? Uh, general manager. General manager? Uh, 33 years old. They gave me the position of the GM for the uh, um, television business in joint venture with uh, Soha Gable, mm -hmm. which is the major pay television group, uh, was part of the Canal Plus group at the time. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I learned a lot. I learned television operations in six months. <laughs> Because we have to launch the channel in uh, in basically three or four months. Uh, very good consultants. Well, then you, you obviously have some really good people behind you in the company in Bandai, first of all. That's the secret. For them to make sure, because they, they do their due diligence. Mm -hmm. And they said, this guy is really doing well in Bandai. No. Let's see if we can get him. Yeah. And they got you over there. So then how long did you stay with Fox Kids? Seven years again. Seven years. Yes. Is that when I, were you, you went with Fox Kids when you came? Was this? No, no, no. It was okay. then after Fox. So I spent uh, Fox Kids doing the television business only, I remember, four years. Started ramping up. And then after Fox Kids evolved to a much more multimedia company. 
Um, so we entered into the magazine business of printing and internet at the time, was at the bubble times of the internet. So I have the uh, chance to develop the whole 360 development of the Fox Kids brand in Spain. I like it. So I have a fantastic general manager, succeeded me on the uh, television. Was my we were uh, marketing directors in uh, in competitive uh, toy companies before. Yeah. So when I I was about to leave, say, look, I don't want a traditional television executive. I want somebody with much more uh, merchandising and strong marketing foundations, mm -hmm. not in television. So I talked to him and uh, he came. Actually, Carlos, a fantastic guy, has been working with him a lot. Uh, I can tell you. He's from Spain as well. He's, he's a Spanish yeah, guy French from, guy from, from well, the Basque yes. country. Yes, yes. Uh, lovely guy. He's a good friend. Okay. Is and he he's still also there? investing with me in companies as well. All right. Is he still there? Uh, he left uh, Fox after okay. Fox being acquired by Disney right. um, last year, year and a half ago. He was my general manager in the Central Eastern Europe North part. He was managing Poland. Russia, and then after we gave him all the uh, Eastern European. Mm -hmm. He was my guy in that region. Uh, very good. Having people of your confidence and really good people is the most important, important thing. thing of anything else. And a good friend. Actually. That's really we good. Really and it's even better when they're good friends. Mutual confidence that's and very, respect. That's very, very good. That's very good. And that's good. So after Fox Kids, um, actually, uh, Haim Saban and, uh, and uh, Rupert Murdoch sell, sold the company to Disney at the time. So Fox Kids was sold to Disney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was the fixed interaction of Fox with uh, Disney. And uh, they dismantled the brand and everything. So Fox General Entertainment uh, had a small office in, in, uh, in Rome um, on the back of the satellite business Rupert Murdoch has there, Sky Italia. And they were starting forming ideas, uh, developing a lot of channels in Italy. And they said, look, uh, we have, they had a small channel in Spain doing so-so. And they called me and say, it was another colleague, another <laughs> guy coming from uh, the uh, surrender of uh, Heinz Saban was the managing director, the operational chief operating officer in Italy. So Jesus, we have a problem in, in Spain. I want you to come here to help us. So you want to come and, because we want to dismantle it, we want to put, shut down Spain and uh, moving everything to Rome and operate from Rome. All the, uh, all the European countries only had Spain at the time. So look, I said, Emiliano, at what time says, look, I've done it already one time. So I like the challenge. Let's do this one. <laughs> I will come along with you, but I, I only want to be uh, like 18 months because when I was in Fox Kids, I was only in charge of Spain mm -hmm. and I was missing the international business. In Bandai, I was traveling to Latin America. We opened Mexico, Brazil with my boss, uh, Colombia, so Venezuela, yeah. Argentina, all of them. And I was missing it after seven years. I said, look, I feel the need of uh, doing international business. Uh, so Emiliano, I will come and help you, but let's discuss 18 months. In 18 months, if I, if I do it wrongly, I do this pass, we'll terminate and I'll find something else. I didn't want to do more television at the time. And then I wanted to do something new. Mm -hmm. And then, but, but if I do it well, you know what? I want to do international business for you and say, okay, let's start like that. So I fixed the company. We never shut down Spain from uh, 20, 32 employees 
I mean a small shrink to 20 good, very good people was transforming the company. So we came and did a complete revamp. At that time, we invested big time in, um, in television series drama. Was not the hype at the time, was only movies and realities. Mm -hmm. And was good to come uh, with a different angle. So we completely redo the company. Um, I, uh, we put it together in number one position in ratings in Spain in the pay television market. And uh, since there, they told me, well, look, you've done it, so let's, let's start doing more things. So I started opening first Portugal, because it's a natural thing to enter in Portugal. And then I started doing what my boss, the, my second really good boss, Australian, David Haslin, then, says, uh, well, look, uh, Jesus, we're going to be taking the, the territories nobody wants to go. <laughs> It <laughs> was starting in Bulgaria, Turkey, oh, okay. Poland, wow. opening all of the countries right. very quickly right, right, right. with different formulations, sometimes partnering with small advertising companies right. to enter the market it, as, in, um, as in Turkey. Then in Bulgaria, I did it on the back of the uh, Rupert Murdoch uh, free-to-air uh, television business. So they did a free-to-air and we started doing the paid television Wait, but he was channels. already there? Was yeah, it was, was came like there? one year before. Oh, before, okay. So with, you did a, back of that. with a free broadcasting license to do uh, BTV at the time. Right. And then expanding all the uh, European. So after that, they gave me um, the UK and uh, the Scandinavian market and Africa. So basically, we turned around a business from 22 people to 1,086 people when I left. Wow. A beautiful organization, completely decentralized. Completely. Was, I've always been experimenting with, and it's something I continue doing. What was one of the reasons to be attracted to come to Japan is um, uh, to look the organizational ways. Uh, it's difficult to manage people. It's the most difficult thing in organizations, and and I have a kind of an, an idea that's always running in my head to small to do a small companies all connected at a time. So when I came, they had a small headquarters in the UK when they gave me the UK for the National Geographic brand, amazing brand. I've been probably the brand I've most liked in my life to work with and uh, for the television channels. So I, I dismantled the UK and I put a very interesting group of giving responsibilities to the local operations. So every country was the success of funding the right people from, their, uh, from the country. Okay. Local people all the time. And I built a kind of um, support team in areas of expertise that were sitting in different places in Europe. So the best people in each organization was selected to give the support to the rest of the European operations. So legal, who was my right hand in Italy, a lovely woman. Um, finance was next to me, an Spanish guy. So with those two guys, we built basically all the operations in Europe, a good finance and good legal. Illegal, yes. And then uh, programming acquisitions and was in the UK. Um, business uh, of digital development was another Spaniard there. Um, um, the chief uh, operating officer was a marketing director, was in in Italy. <coughs> so all of this, and and I, I moved from Madrid to Amsterdam uh, because Spain and Portugal was completely developed in the same as the southern Europe. And I decided to go to um, to do something with much more scale in in the northern European countries. 
And my wife says at the time, I said, look, I love Copenhagen or Amsterdam. Uh, Copenhagen because it's a lovely city and I, mm. I was kind of starting thinking in Scandinavia, all those small countries, I like it. Mm. And then uh, we decided to stay in Amsterdam, very good decision. It's the best connected it's, city it's, in it the world. It was up to you anyway as to where you stayed. Yeah, my boss mm -hmm. uh, told me, Wherever you do it, so, so you go and do it. So I Ooh. move my operations to... And you, would, you, you do that so that you move there thinking, okay, I still need to be connected to all these different locations. Yeah. So I need to go to a place that is centralized for me, but it has all of the infrastructure I need. Yeah, that was a secondary, secondary thing. A secondary, who was the yeah. first one? Spain was completely independent at the time. Had okay. a good general manager. Right. I was sitting in Spain by doing the European business. Right. I discovered I could be anywhere. So I was traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. But as uh, this kind of European, Northern European was difficult, proven difficult. So I said, I will move myself there and try to bring businesses on the ground. So we started in Amsterdam and we did something really big at the time. I liked it a lot. So we took a very small operation of National Geographic and uh, we launched the first uh, food channel, 15 million subscribers in a year and a half, 1,000 hours of uh, own production, 24 kitchen. Was the first channel launch in free to air in, uh, in, in the Netherlands at that time in the last five or 10 years. And we did something really unique. We, we entered into partnership with, um, uh, with the National League um, of, um, of the Netherlands in a unique agreement where folks entered into partnership with them to exploit all the rights. So basically, the uh, Dutch League was the only one direct to consumer at the time. Mm -hmm. So actually, mm -hmm. the Dutch League or organized themselves to sell subscriptions uh, to all the pay television operators directly themselves. Okay. So we took into that compa company to expand it and after to replicate that in all the minor leagues of football in Europe. Okay. We couldn't do it at the time, I left before this happened, but we actually got into the, um, into the company management for more than five years, because it's only permitted five years term for rights, okay. for big football rights. What happens after that five years? When the, you can't. We, you you can't have to go and uh, they put another auction, so the prices continue going up. Oh, that's, so what actually, they, that's the reason why. Okay. Exactly. So we enter in this kind of partnership to uh, create a very sustainable business. Mm -hmm. And my idea was to do a sustainable business with the, uh, with the football rights. Because one of the problems with the rights in entertainment is always um, very volatile. Mm -hmm. Actually, you buy and then after suddenly five years or three years after mm -hmm. you lose it, and right, it's not sustainable. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you have very good uh, cycles or right. you are completely lost. Right. And secondary leagues suffer a lot. Right. So that was the, the idea. I'm always thinking in uh, two directions. One is uh, making organizations that are self-sustained and kind of a possible kind of in a startup mode, mm -hmm. which is dynamic all the mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. attracting good talent and not bureaucracy and uh, politics. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and the other one is to find economic businesses that are sustainable. Right. <coughs> and this is uh, when you create a kind of an economic ecosystem, everybody has their fair portion. Mm -hmm. I'm continue doing that one. Everything that I do is going in that direction. Okay. So YouTube would be that. YouTube would be the ideal mm -hmm. in one way, where everyone has access to it. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Itself, so. The products. Because you showed me some of the things you were working on before mm -hmm. that had to do with children. Yep. 
And I created the first OTT for preschool uh, uh, target group in Japan. Too early at the time. Too early. I did it five years ago when nobody was understanding this, and I financed it with my own, with my own pockets. And that was the first what? OTT. OTT, OTT is, is over the top. Over the over top platform, okay. which is the most con known over the top platform in the world, is Netflix. Gotcha. So okay. Netflix, uh, you can connect to a service that is not connected to any particular cable or satellite operator. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you now with the magic of internet, you can connect. Boom, and you're in. Anytime with your internet connection. So I created that one uh, with beautiful content uh, for Japanese kids, mm -hmm. uh, basically from Europe, Spain majority, dubbed into Japanese, but uh, for the kids to learn English and Spanish. So I gave over 500 hours to the kids to watch content in different languages. Because normally Japan animation is really good, but it's always kind of one of a kind. Mm -hmm. And it's good to give the kids uh, ways to think in a different way and to have a window to the rest of the world, which I think is very important mm -hmm. for the Japanese society. Mm -hmm. <coughs> this is what I did. It I enjoy it a lot. I learned a lot of that business, direct to consumer, what they call it in this business. But it was no, not a good so. success. I had to stop it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sometimes you make mistakes. So what are you doing now? Well, tell me, wait, 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 you haven't finished because you, you got to the part, your, your yeah. favorite program. So right after that, that's when you came to Fox again? I, I spent uh, Fox uh, like uh, 10 years building the international businesses right. of uh, Fox in Europe right. as president of Fox International Channel Europe at the time. And then I finished my contract and uh, my I always been wanted to come to Asia because mm -hmm. Europe I opened all the countries except uh, uh, Slovakia. <laughs> and uh, Slovakia was the only country I didn't open. Look, look all the rest uh, were with operations and, uh, and distribution. So I, I wanted to come to Asia somehow to replicate and to continue learning. You know, Asia is not the same as Europe. So I, I was coming quite regularly. So I met my, my colleague, uh, Zubin, a lovely guy. And uh, first to introduce my 24 Kitchen product and to uh, spot other ideas to share here in, in Asia. And when I left the corporation, uh, Zubin called me and said, look, Jesus, I, I have a small problem in, in Japan. So do you want to come and, uh, and help me for, um, let's say, six months? So pff, lovely. So you know, always love Japan, so this is a very good opportunity. But, but in principle, my idea is to move to Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. I love it, the city. So I came here, I spent um, initially six months um, looking for a general manager. They never came. It was a kind of a transition time in the company. But we did a complete turnaround in the Fox Sports operation they had at the time. Um, we unwind the joint venture with SoftBank. It was not a, a right model of business. Mm -hmm. So we managed to end very good this kind of operation and stop uh, bleeding uh, losses at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So very, it was very good. I, st I kept uh, more than six months, so one year complete. That's right, that's right. And when I finished, I say, what should I do? I, I've been working like an animal uh, for corporations and uh, been, I always say, I've been an entrepreneur because when they gave me all of these opportunities in Fox, even in Bandai, my boss gave me the freedom to develop my own toys and everything. Uh, so um, we, I said, look, I have to do something different. When you work in the corporation at that kind of uh, rhythm and level, you somehow burn out a little bit. So you have not a lot of time for yourself. Mm. In a position of leadership, 
is the most demanding one and it's unfair. It's uh, bad for the families, it's bad for yourself, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because basically you have to devote all of your time to helping the people that are around you, solving their problems and listening to them, and you get all the problems on your shoulders. You're, you need a lot of help in that case. So this is something, an alarm for the people today. They are in very good positions, but uh, those guys are really, it's a demanding position. Mm -hmm. So I said, look, Japan is a perfect place to disconnect from this world. I've done before, and I want to start doing new things. So I'm, I invested in uh, media technology companies, selectively, companies where I, I follow a protocol. I invest in companies where I initially like the product, and I can contribute. Not only, I'm not a financial investor, but I want to contribute with my expertise, my time, or, or whatever thing they, uh, the partners think I do, and invested in two Spanish companies. Very nice guys. One is, is doing very well. And uh, from there, I have the opportunity to create businesses around. So mm -hmm. I'm always creating new business ideas. Mm -hmm. um, a part of that, that is, uh, is basically investing time and, and having no income. I, I found, and I wanted also to project my, all the mistakes I have done in my professional career in my life to uh, help people not to do it. <laughs> so I Become, I became a kind of a business advisor to, um, uh, to chief operating officers in media business. Uh, so I found a, a group, a family, um, a family media group, the only independent left. Um, until a couple of months ago, we sold the company to the Canal Group group. Where are they here? In there Japan? is a is a Turkish a Turkish company. Turkish capital, Turkish okay. American capital company. Okay. It's an amazing corporation run by uh, by uh, Lonnie and his uh, nephew, mm -hmm. uh, Berg. So I have been um, doing business mentoring to Berg basically in the last two to three years. Mm -hmm. I love it a lot. Mm -hmm. I like the people. I we are useful. I'm useful for them, I guess. And uh, they are. I'm learning a lot as well as I'm doing these things and keep me connected with the industry. So I'm sitting on the board of directors of the technology companies and and this media company as well. Mm -hmm. It's a listed company in, uh, mm -hmm. in Poland. And this is what I am spending most of my time. Right now. And enjoying life. Yes. I understand the sense of uh, managing the time in Japan. I love it. That's I'm right. learning a lot at a personal level. Mm. You still have your motorcycle? Of course. <laughs> you see, have you traveled? Have you been able to take any trips? I've been doing trips as long as I can. Psh, Travel there. Before I have COVID a COVID stopped everything, basically. Uh, yeah, it stopped. Stopped it. me too. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Respectful. Because we're supposed to be going riding together. Yes, yeah, we have yeah. to go. You haven't done Hokkaido yet. No, no, no. This is too long for me. Maybe that's too far for you. Yeah, it's with your brave. I know you've been there once or twice. I have. I was wondering. <laughs> so, how long are your trips? Like a day or two? Uh, normally, yeah, do uh, hours. Okay, then I'll take you to Sado Island. Oh wow, Sado. Yes, Akita, you love right? it, and uh, you can do that. Boom, that quick. But you take the ferry across over to it. Oh and when you ride there, it's, not, it's just beautiful. That a nice, a nice one. I have to, to find the time to do yeah, it. like that. I'm busy now these days, but it. I have to so find So what time. do you see for the future, though? What do you see for your future? Because you're so... Well, look, a uh, future, I never think of I future. I can't do podcasts <laughs> with... Because you're, you're in the future right now, right? I move with the wind. I like it. Mm -hmm. I have a basic idea, but I find a very good way of living. I like, I love what I'm doing. I continue creating businesses. I'm now 100%, oh no, 100%, is taking most of my energy, a beautiful new business uh, put together with a partner in Australia. 
you want to talk about it? Um, anytime. Okay. <laughs> That's nice. But I like the, the motorbike, don't, don't forget do about it. We, we, have to we, well, yeah. we have to do that, for sure. Your wife, she's backing you all the way. Look, it's, uh, my wife is an amazing uh, woman. Um, she had a fantastic professional career when I said, family, I think we have to go to Amsterdam to live there. It was 2010, uh, was <coughs> a business decision, but also a family and, and personal decision as well. Mm -hmm. Things in Europe were getting really complicated in Spain at the time, uh, economically speaking, politically. And, I would say it's not was not very well run at the time. Uh, so we moved there and uh, have three daughters. Mm -hmm. It was a fantastic f uh, time for them to become some kind of more international people. Yeah. They were yeah they were traveling summer camps to the U.S. having basic of notions of English. But one thing is learning languages, and the other one is being a truly international person. That's true. Completely different things. Completely different. That's right. So we moved to Amsterdam and. Uh, and my love it, uh, the, my, my sister, my, my daughter always uh, appreciates. Say thank you, Daddy. It was very difficult for us, but was a big change in us. Because so. you have to say, what your, what's your first daughter? You told me on the way up here, what's your first yeah. daughter doing now? Yeah, Maria yeah, is, so uh, is an architect, uh, graduated in, um, in London University. Um, Marta is a Boston University graduated. Okay. Now living and working, living in Spain and working for one of our uh, technology companies. One that you own? Yes, you know. I own. I have well, I mean, a majority stake in the company. So you own it's it? It's an independent. You own it. Okay. okay. Uh, check of yours. And yeah. Monica is the last one. She was living with us in Amsterdam. We lived like almost five years in Amsterdam altogether. So Maria went to London after year four. And Marta left. Uh, when we left uh, Amsterdam, uh, Marta went to Boston. And Monica came with us as the only single daughter living with us. She loved Japan, you traveling every day to did Yokohama. You it, did you put it there? Oh, you took it to the YS? You had it at YS? Yeah, yeah, Yokohama That's International where I School. Boys. They That's were in IS, ISA, That's right. International School of Amsterdam, and then YS. Yeah. Very yeah. good uh, education Isn't for it? the girls. Yes. Very good foundations in the Spanish school system. Mm -hmm. Very good, and they were 7 to, to 12 years old, I think was the range. And then they came to the international. And then the opportunity to go and travel other universities mm -hmm. and and becoming international students. They are very Spanish. And would you they say your youngest? Would you say your youngest goes? I mean, would she working? Monica at? is uh, is graphic designer and marketing uh, digital. Okay. Graduated in Northeastern University and works uh, for a company. She finished and started working instead. That's very lucky and happy. Yeah. <laughs> like this, I yeah. will see them all in uh, Christmas in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like father, like daughter. Women are more intelligent than men. That's for sure. <laughs> more mature. That's for sure. That's more for sure. balanced than yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, helped it. it's really helped to form you. You came from two older sisters. Yeah, mom, yes. I'll be right? always, yes. Then you had three daughters of your own. So, yeah. you, so you always kept yourself surrounded by strong women. Yeah, well, I've been lucky. That's beautiful, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> very good friends. A very strong father, but very good too. That's beautiful. Lovely one. Well, look, is there anything, you like, to, is there anything you like to end with? I'm whatever I have been, I didn't know this one of kind of uh, a podcast the way you organize it. Yeah. It's like chatting with you at the bar. Right. <laughs> we have it. Mean, yeah. Thank you very much for right. inviting yeah. me. I think yeah. it's not that important. I didn't tell you about my new business, but I have you to tell you. You should tell me. Tell me. I have to tell you. Just tell me. 
with the, the technology company that we have in Spain, by the way, I, I think I sold you by technology for this kind of stuff. Right. Well, I'm always me. selling, I'm by the way, be, be careful. <laughs> we have a remote production uh, um, software that you install intelligent cameras in a place and then you connect it through the internet and you can remotely doing the production as a kind of professional production. So I said, look, I love it, this one. I came to the company to help them to go more international and to be more media. Mm -hmm. It was a pure technology company. Mm -hmm. And this product has been the development for more than five years. Now it has been invested by the European Union, uh, big funds, because uh, we came from the remote production to the artificial intelligence moved. So we are now producing full leagues um, of sports in Spain using the technology with no people. Basically, the cameras, the cameras follow all the game, the learn. It's a big investment. And we have um, fantastic people and CTO, great, brilliant people. Yeah. So with this one, I say, look, I like technology, but technology is kind of a commodity at the end. I want to be in media. So with this kind of uh, technology, what we can do to really capture and to create content that we own. Start with comedy. Comedy is something we'll do at one point. Um, but I said, look, music and music clubs, jazz clubs. So I talked to different people. I found my partner, Dan is an Australian guy. He's an expert in music, television, and radio. I told him the idea and said, Jesus, I love it. Let's go for it. So we founded a company. We have Akimedia Japan and we have Akimedia Australia. And we develop a company that is uh, basically is the Netflix of uh, jazz, live music. We have a group of uh, iconic 10 clubs all over the world, Australia, Japan. Um, in Europe, we have uh, Madrid, um, London, and we are in discussions in Berlin is the only one we are missing. We have Austin in uh, Texas and we have New York and we have uh, three more clubs to complete the portfolio. Imagine them. What is the magic? We have Australia, Japan, which is Far East. We have Europe and we have America, soon Latin America as well. And uh, we connect all of those clubs. We make the best selection of those with all the jazz influences. Flamenco jazz out of Spain, Latino from Spain and Latin America. The big Japanese influences of fantastic masters we have here. And also the curiosity of the people sitting in Japan watching the club in Australia or the club in Madrid, not only the influencers. So we connect the DOM in a new OTT, which is developed by our technology company in Spain, which is giving you the full experience of the club uh, with over 200 to 300 uh, live uh, shows per year wow. from home. Wow. And this is what we've done. It's already funded completely. We have a venture capital coming along with us and uh, we are launching in uh, January. In January? Yep. Next Beautiful, month. 11 people working already in wow. Australia, Japan, Spain, uh, Boston, um, one of my daughter, two of my daughters are involved. One doing the design, the other one is doing the project management of it, uh, helping us in the technology part. Well, that's beautiful. Amazing. That that's beautiful. the magic of making people and creating things. Right, because you have so much, you just, you, you live in a world of abundance. And you learn you a lot from them. That's it's right. And enjoy. Important is to preserve the good uh, kind of uh, mood of the company when you create it. Mm -hmm.
All the best. And this is what I'm doing. So I have little time to do this kind of bike thing. <laughs> no, but I have time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Wow. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Jesus. It's been a pleasure. Good to see you. Always in very good shape. I'm trying to follow in your footsteps. Can I take you know, the challenge to go to uh, No, we're going to set the challenge. We're going to be doing it. Yeah. We can do it easily. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you subscribe, press like, and never forget, it's all on loan. Continue to reach for the stars, and you're too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>